Hello, Kidlit These Days listeners. I'm Jen Northington, a regular host of Book Riot's SFF Yeah podcast, which explores all things science fiction and fantasy. We recently did an episode including recommendations for children's books and wanted to share that part of it with you. I hope you enjoy and thanks for listening. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 54, and we are recording early on May 8th. I'm Jen Northington, and I'm here with Sharifa Williams, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. And today we're going to talk about Kidlit SFF. Hooray! Hooray! I love, I love an opportunity to talk about, or to actually read Kidlit, because <laughs> I don't get to as much anymore. Yeah, it feels like, somehow it feels like it doesn't count, which is ridiculous, but it true. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Um, I feel like people who do Goodreads challenges especially feel like, I think I've run into this conversation before, actually, where they feel guilty about adding it to, like, their challenge list, saying they've finished a book, uh, which, it's it's a funny thing how that works, but it's a book. A book is a book. Right. I mean, perhaps they might be a little bit shorter. Perhaps you might read it faster, but it's still a book. So, And they're so yeah. relaxing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. It's just like a true pleasure to read them. Okay. I'm going to jump right in with my science fiction pick, which is a children's graphic novel series that I love so much. It's called the Binky Adventure Series, and it's by Ashley Spires. And it is about pets who think they're part of an elite space team. <gasps> oh my yes, gosh! It's I'm, the a, I'm so interested. <laughs> <laughs> you will love this. Is like right in there with relaxing, delightful reads. So if you're ever having a stressful day. So yes, they're ridiculous. They're as ridiculous as they sound. And I was laughing like a total dweeb reading the series. So to give you some insight into the minds of these pets, they're they're in these totally normal situations, but in their minds, home is a spaceship and they are astronauts. And the first one I read, which is called License to Scratch, is actually the fifth and final book in the Binky Adventure book series, but you don't necessarily have to read them in any sort of order. It was just the first one I encountered on Hoopla, which I was just talking about. So you do get a little uh, context in the earlier books if you need such a thing for space cats. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, okay, I accept this. Um, (laughs) So for instance, they're like, they're members of FIRST, which is an acronym for Felines of the Universe Ready for Space Travel. Stop it. Yes, they are qualified space cats. And in the first book, uh, which is, Bink just called Binky the Space Cat. There, there are a lot more sci-fi images of Binky, like imagining himself in space and amongst the aliens. And unfortunately, Binky's always been confined to the spaceship, which is his home. Uh, so he's never allowed out into outer space. He lives with a woman and her son, or rather, one big human and one small human. And aliens are uh, Binky's biggest nemesis. So they're everywhere, of course. They're especially outside and buzzing around the litter box. They're bugs. Whisper, whisper. (laughs) And the illustration... Spoiler! 
I know. <laughs> but the illustrations in the books are really delightful, and Binky basically looks like a cat-shaped rock, uh, cat-shaped rocket ship. Uh, <laughs> and the animals are really just expressive. I really this was the first book uh, by Ashley Spires that I came across, and I just loved her style right away. And the writing was so dry and funny. I can absolutely imagine, like, if this is something you want to read aloud to your kids, I feel like you will probably be laughing as much as they do. And I'm the person who sits around laughing at, you know, those Instagram videos of pets with doggo lingo captions. (laughs) (laughs) So this was absolutely my jam. You do not have to be a child to enjoy these. And I think if you are also a fan of Pinky and the Brain, I think this would probably be your thing. And of course, for animal-loving kids, this is perfect. And so in the beginning, it's just Binky in the beginning of the stories, but his team grows into uh, Gracie and Gordon, which are completely on board with Binky's schemes. And Gordon's a dog, so he's not exactly welcomed right away, but um, he's part of this elite space team. And the book is actually marketed for kids uh, age 7 through 12, but I can see, especially if this is like a read-aloud situation, I can see this being read to younger kids. I think, like, as a five-year-old, I probably would have enjoyed this too. But of course, there are some words like fugitive peppered in there. And there's also just all the things kids love, animals, imagination. There's a lot of farting. um, (laughs) And there's a lot of the use of the word fuzz butt. I'm adding that to my (laughs) personal dictionary. Uh, So, yeah, I was just having, like, it was funny. I was actually having a particularly stressful day when I picked up these books, and they made for such a great pick-me-up. And I discovered Ashley Spires has a forthcoming picture book for ages 3 to kindergarten out in September about a fairy scientist, and it's called Fairy Science, and I absolutely need it. Amazing. But, yeah, again, I've been talking about the Binky Adventure series by Ashley Spires. I am... Definitely going to have to check those out. Let's cool. see now. I, I'm i tempted to talk about two at once because <laughs> I have a picture book, which won't take long to talk about. So we'll see how this goes. So my very first sci-fi pick for this is Interstellar Cinderella by Deborah Underwood and illustrated by Meg Hunt. And this book is an absolute delight. It rhymes, which is always fun for picture books, especially when you're reading them aloud. And I found this because I was getting books for my nephews. And I brought this to visit and read it aloud. And they loved it. They absolutely loved it. The pictures are gorgeous. The story is so much fun. And it does rhyme. So it's really fun to get into a silly rhythm with it. Um, It is about a space girl mechanic named Cinderella who has a little help from her fairy god robot. She wants to go to the ball, but then the princess ship has mechanical trouble. And so somebody has to go to the rescue. And that's the plot of this. And there's like a cute little like... The the robot is like a little space mouse kind of situation. Oh. And it's she's zooming around the galaxy and it's so much fun. Oh, it's just it's just an utter delight. So and I w- I happen to be talking about it with another of our podcasters, Maria Christina, and she said that this book is a huge hit at their household with her daughter as well. So it comes highly recommended by children related to Book Riot and by adults related to Book Riot. 
So again, that was Interstellar Cinderella by Deborah Underwood, illustrated by Meg Hunt. Okay, that took like two minutes. So I'm going to talk now about my middle grade pick, which is an older book that I read for the first time as a grown-up and just became obsessed with. It's The True Meaning of Smek Day by Adam Rex. And this is about a 12-year-old girl named Gratuity Tucci, who goes by Tip. And she is biracial, I believe. And she has to write an essay on the true meaning of smack day for school. And so this is the sort of structure of this. And then suddenly this turns from like a school report into a report about what happened when earth got invaded by aliens. <laughs> called the Boove, who are ridiculous. But they come to Earth, they take over, they quarantine all of the humans in Florida, and they decide to rename Earth Smeckland. And Gratuity gets separated from her mom when all of this is going down and has to get from, I believe she starts out in New York, um, and has to get all the way down to Florida. And she's 12. It's not like this is easy for her. And then she gets, she makes friend with a renegade boob alien named JLo. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and there's a cat and all kinds of hijinks. And it's just so so delightful and silly and it's so sweet around family and like what it means to be a family both just because it is just tip and her mom um and then also like sort of found family with this alien named jlo again named <laughs> jlo wonderful <laughs> and they have to figure out you know how to do things like get a hover car to work and get across the country and then defeat the aliens you know, it's just, oh my gosh, it's so much fun. And there's little drawings and like newspaper clippings and comics and little like different kinds of media inside of the book as well, which is excellent. And as if all of that wasn't enough, they made a, DreamWorks made a movie out of this a few years ago. It was called Home and Tip was voiced by Rihanna and it was such a delightful adaptation. It was, if I remember correctly, it's been a little while since I saw it, but it was pretty close to the original and it retained all of the things I really wanted it to retain. Like if there were other changes, I don't, it, di it didn't bother me because really they captured exactly what I was talking about, this idea of friendship and family and just the magic of Tip and her quest to be reunited with her mom. It's it's just I was like sitting there watching it and crying and laughing oh. and all of and it really gave me all the same good feelings that the book it gave me. So I just cannot recommend that highly enough. Like especially like you were talking about if you're having a stressful time and need a pick me up or like if you love like like Becky Chambers and that idea of the found family. This is absolutely in that same wheelhouse. It's just about a 12-year-old girl and an alien instead of grown-ups and an alien. So highly, 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 highly recommended. And again, that is The True Meaning of Smek Day by Adam Rex. I think I remember the billboards for that movie yes. and because they were so cute. 
Yes, it's so cute. It's just the cutest thing you ever saw. And the aliens are so silly. Like, they're not scary aliens. They're really silly aliens. So if you have kids at home who are, you know, like, interested in this kind of thing or you want to do this as a read-aloud, I think it would be super fun. And it is not at all really scary. Or if you know grown people like me who are terrified of aliens. (laughs) That's so funny because I can read about aliens, but I can't read about other horror things. (laughs) We could tell each other about the things we can't read. There you go. But this is is Sharifa safe, I promise. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess I'm going to talk about my next two. And I'm actually going to keep the second one pretty short because it doesn't need too much explanation. But the first fantasy book I want to talk about is Arusha and the End of Time by Roshni Chakshi, um, which I've been meaning to pick up. I hadn't read any of Chakshi's books, so this is my first, um, and it was fantastic. And this is the first book in the Pandava Quartet, and it's marketed for kids age 9 to 12 years old. I think that's a pretty good um, age range, I would say. That would that would suit them. Um, so the story actually follows a 12-year-old girl named Aru, and She lives in a museum, and her mom's a curator, which sounds like the coolest thing in the world. Seriously. Yeah. But, like, her mom basically sounds like Indiana Jones, uh, which is not necessarily, it's not as exciting when you're an actual real curator and you go on archaeological expeditions, but it's still cool. But, uh, you know, to Aru, it's just one of many things that set her apart from her peers. She's at that age. Um, She's dealing with a lot at school. Kids don't seem to like her. And she feels like she's not seen, but also, like, at worst, she's the target of a lot of, you know, prejudice and a lot of weird bullying. So her mom goes on this archaeological expedition. She's out of town. And Aru thought that she was going to be able to go to Paris and, you know, have a summer like all of these rich kids she's surrounded by. But she ends up staying at the museum. And there are things that Aru's done at school to try and make herself seem seen. And one of those things is she stretches the truth a little. She's a teller of tall tales. And while her mom's away and while she's at the museum, this kind of uh, comes back at her and sets her on this really alarming course. Uh, So she ends up doing something to a lamp that's kept in the Museum of Ancient Indian Art and Culture. And then one thing leads to another, and she ends up on this quest to the Kingdom of Death, where she has to stop this ancient demon who's going to activate the God of Destruction. So basically the worst thing possible happens because of these little fibs she tells. And along the way, Aru ends up like learning things about herself, including this responsibility she has that's kind of been kept secret from her. Uh, She's completely unfamiliar with this new role she has to step into, and it's a big one, and she has to walk this path kind of blindly. And the book is inspired by Hindu mythology and also the epic poem, the Mahabharata, and includes this cranky animal, which is something I want always in everything. Boo is this (laughs) pigeon (laughs) who really doubts Aru and Minnie can accomplish anything. And Minnie is Aru's companion. She's kind of a sidekick of sorts, but she's really funny. She's this Filipina Indian girl, the very detail-oriented 
Kid Kid. She's basically like the task manager of this expedition. And it's just this really great unlikely hero story that's perfect for kids and adults who enjoy mythology and stories about outcasts and normal kids traveling to magical worlds. So you have this sort of clash of the modern world and modern ideas with this mythological world of this epic poem and it does I think a really great job of encapsulating this the experience of being a really awkward self-conscious kid and it doesn't try to make Aru fit into that chosen one box um, and it also confronts these the subtle ways people express prejudice and how hurtful and damaging that can be in ways that I think are are clear to kids and it's just an all-around worthy fun and informative quest story and the second book in the series Arusha and the Song of Death came out in April so you can move right on to the next book and it looks like the third is planned for spring 2020 so again that was Arusha and the End of Time by Roshni Chakshi and Okay, so my final pick is another comic, and this one doesn't need a lot of explaining. I feel like you've probably come across it once, I hope, because it's fantastic. It's for ages 8 to 12, and it's Phoebe and Her Unicorn by Dana Simpson. And this is, I'm still on the all outcasts all the time, Jag, because this is definitely one of those stories, and I seem to gravitate toward those. So in this series, Phoebe's a fourth grader. She's a loner who stumbles upon this unicorn, Marigold Heavenly Nostrils, which is the best name in the world. Um, But Marigold thinks very highly of herself. They're kind of opposites in that way, where Phoebe... You know, she is an outcast. She's a loner. She doesn't have a lot of friends. And then she comes across Marigold, who's very confident, and she kind of doesn't care about what anybody thinks. And I get this, I see this compared a lot to Calvin and Hobbes, and I do think that this is a good one for Calvin and Hobbes fans. It's a little sweeter. It's a little nicer. Uh, So Phoebe and Marigold exchange a lot of snide words and things, though, which did remind me of Calvin and Hobbes. They have that sort of relationship where there are some arguments and some sarcastic exchanges that are really funny and really witty uh, especially after Marigold doesn't show up even though they're supposed to be best friends so there are scenes like <gasps> that I know <laughs> so rude. Phoebe's the laughing stock of the classroom but it's not like um, if you are going into this thinking about Calvin and Hobbes it's not necessarily like a collection of comic strips it is more of it has like a narrative that follows through from beginning to end uh in the graphic novels where it's these slice of life moments but there's also like this trajectory of marigold and phoebe becoming friends and phoebe introducing marigold to like the average life of a child except she has a unicorn and the unicorn becomes part of her life and there are jealousies and weirdness and other kids who want to covet her unicorn as they do but I just thought it was a really cute take on the life of an imaginative and lonely kid who finally finds a friend and what that looks like and what you know friendship means to both of them so again that was Phoebe and her unicorn by Dana Simpson Amazing. I love a good unicorn story. Yes. 
Um, so we both picked books from the Rick Riordan Presents line, Aha! which is exciting. So if you're not aware, Rick Riordan, author of the Percy Jackson books, which were obviously enormously popular and very fun. I have read at least the first four. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> and some of the spinoffs, too. Um, he... One of the things that he decided to do with his fame and fortune was to start an imprint that was dedicated to telling, I think, specifically diverse fantasy stories for that age group, that like 10, yeah. 11, 12, 13 age group. And so a bunch of amazing books have come out of this imprint, including Arusha and the End of Time. Um, Yoon Ha Lee, who, as you know, I adore, has a book series through them as well, which I could not get from the library in time for this episode otherwise. I would be talking about them, <laughs> but it's okay because I found an amazing first book in a new series from that line called The Storm Runner by J.C. Cervantes. And this is fantastic because it is Mayan mythology inspired. Oh, so much fun. The main character, Zane, is a kid in New Mexico who lives sort of out in the middle of nowhere. There's a dormant volcano like in his backyard. And he has been homeschooled for the past year because he really did not want to go to middle school because he has a short leg. And he got made fun of. As you can imagine, kids can be really cruel and there's all kinds of terrible nicknames that he gave that they gave him and so he has been homeschooled for the past year but his mom has decided he's going back to school he's going to go to this catholic school it's like very exclusive and it's supposed to be a fresh start he really doesn't want to go and so he's out like you know kicking rocks around uh on his volcano with his dog rosie his dog his three-legged dog rosie who's a boxer dalmatian mix which i thought was such an adorable detail because he calls her a boxmation and i was just like this is everything I want. That's fantastic. This is everything I want. So he's like out kicking rocks, you know, doesn't want to go to the new school and runs like, and then weird things start to happen around his volcano. And he does have to go to the new school and immediately gets called to the principal's office, of course. And this girl named Brooks comes up to him in the principal's office and is like, oh, by the way, you're part of a prophecy and you're maybe going to release an evil god from a volcano and you should not do that, but I'll help you to not do it. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about or who you are. And and she turns out to be a shapeshifter and then demons attack them and everything goes nuts. And so Zane gets sucked into this adventure where he's trying to figure out, like, why is he in this prophecy? There's all kinds of things about him that he doesn't know. He doesn't know who his dad is. His mom has never told him. And that comes into play. And he's got a great, like, Lucha Libre wrestling-loving uncle who ends up going on the adventure with them, which is so much fun. I loved that inclusion. Such a good side character. And there are just a ton of fun side characters. And like the Percy Jackson books, Cervantes takes all of these different elements of Mayan mythology and sort of gives them updated versions. Like, there's a giant who's running, like, a head shop in Venice, California. 
and a goddess on a surfboard and all of these other fun things. And you also learn a bunch about the original Mayan mythology alongside of Zane, who has like this book that he's trying to like reference, like, okay, is this this thing? Like, I don't know what's going on. Can I, can I find it in this book that my mom gave me? Um, and it's, you know, like I mentioned at the top, Zane has a short leg, which has always set him apart from the other kids. And this is definitely a story about finding the pieces of you that you think are your weakness and turning them into strengths. And it does it, you know, through the magic of fantasy. But I think, like you were saying, Sharifa, like the way that the, that process happens, I think will speak to a lot of kids on their own level. And it's just such a delightful story. And it comes to a very satisfying conclusion, although the door is very open for what's going to happen next, which I'm excited about. But yeah, I just found it a complete delight. I, I tore through it. It was just my favorite from start to finish because Mayan mythology is something that I had learned a little bit about, but had kind of forgotten. And so it was really nice to get this new infusion of it. And Zane is just such a fun character. Loved it. I will say that there is a little bit of dog peril involved. So if you are sensitive to that, like consider yourself warned. <laughs> but everything turns out fine in the end. Spoiler. So, <laughs> so again, that's, I had to say, well, yeah. you know, people are sensitive about dogs. Totally. I can understand. I can absolutely understand. This is not a John Wick situation. Oh. So, <laughs> so again, that's the Storm Runner by J.C. Cervantes. And that's our show. Hooray! Go forth and read some kid, kids' books. They totally count. Oh, they do. We all agree. We all agree. <laughs> so say we all. So say we all. Um, thank you all so much for listening. If you have a favorite kidlit sci-fi fantasy book or would have a suggestion for a theme for us or any other comments or feedback, you can always email us at sffyeah@bookriot.com. If you also left us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, we wouldn't be mad. It helps other folks to find the show. And you can find us online. I'm on Twitter as Jen IRL. That's Jen with two N's, IRL. And I'm on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. And you can find me on Instagram at Sinab Williams. That's S-C-A-I-N-A-B Williams. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>